lounging in the living room in Long John's More distant than Victoria to St. John's Trying to use a record to repair my heart I'd be lying if I said I didn't want to start again My friend, you're leaving me high and cannon dry I'm out of your head and I'm losing my mind Listen to me Good morning, good morning, good morning, Cable Smith. Welcome everybody to the Lone Star Outdoor Show, powered by Dallas Safari Club. Thanks to Lone Star Beer and Hoff Power Polaris as well, our longtime presenting sponsors. More importantly, thanks to you guys and gals for being here. It is a pleasure, an honor, a treat to be talking, hunting, fishing, the great outdoors, and all that implies with you fine folks every weekend. Uh, so, thanks for being here as we've got a great show lined up for you. One that I think a lot of people will find interesting and uh, something that I certainly wanted to take on at some point in my life and had the opportunity to do so as far as hunting moose during the rut. Maybe not something that the average guy has on their bucket list. Maybe they've never thought about it, but I'm here to tell you it's uh, a lot more attainable than many people realize. Of course, you know, all kinds of international hunting are, you know, expensive. There's no doubt about that, but more affordable than you might think. And so with that being said, this is the Moose Edition. This is a dream come true for me and one that uh, many of y'all have already experienced, you know, whether that's hunting um, out west and Idaho or Wyoming. I mean, even Colorado has moose tags. It's hard to draw one though, right? And if you don't have 20 plus preference points, generally you can forget about it. Or maybe you want to drop $25,000 and go to the Yukon or Alaska. Hey, shoot, man. I wish I had 25 grand to do that as well. I'd love to do it. Throw in a grizzly, make it 30 grand. Why not? Um, but at this point in my life, that's not reality either. So uh, enter Newfoundland and a beautiful province with a great moose resource. One that uh, isn't even native to Newfoundland. They were introduced sometime in the early 1900s. We'll expand on that more as we go here today. So, with that in mind, you know what to do by now. Pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire. Pour yourself another cup of coffee because we are ready to rock and roll, my friends. And off the top, we'll be joined by my guide, third generation moose guide, Sherman Keynes. Uh, a man of a few words, so... When I threw the microphone in front of his face, <laughs> uh, let's just say I didn't give him a warning so that he couldn't object, uh, but he knows what he's doing. He's got a real talent for putting people on nice bulls and calling them in during the rut. So we'll talk about our experience. Then we will spend quite a bit of time with our luck outfitters, and that's who Sherman is an outfitter for, by the way, our luck outfitters, operations manager, Brad LeDrew, a nice fellow that I have met at the Dallas Safari Club convention over the last few years. We've had quite a few nice conversations, and um, from those interactions, you know, I realized that this was the moose hunt for me. So Brad will be here. He actually took a hell of a moose too, uh, which was interesting because if you're a Newfoundland local, you get to hunt in the state park. There's not a lot of state parks out there. Where you can, or provincial parks, or even national parks, where you can hunt, right? Uh, but Newfoundland had a uh, 
an overpopulation. And so we'll talk all things moose hunting, all things conservation, uh, even um, woodland caribou, another species that actually is native to Newfoundland. Um, we'll get into that, plus the introduction of the coyote, a non-native species, <laughs> to the province, as Newfoundland is an island. Um, plus, you know, what is it like living in a, in a place where it's winter literally seven months out of the year? Crazy, right? I don't know if I could do it. Uh, but I sure as hell can go there and visit <laughs> and go on a moose hunt. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to sharing this experience with y'all. That being said... A couple of other things to mention. Send in those hunting, fishing, outdoor photos to Lone Star Outdoors Show at gmail.com. Our 12 monthly winners, that's right. We've got 12 monthly contests. This month's grand prize, by the way, is a Mossberg Patriot 350 Legend. New caliber. That should be a damn good one for whitetail deer and hog hunting. And we're going to give one away this month. All you need to do to enter or throw your hat in the ring if you want to call it that, is uh, send in your best hunting, fishing, outdoor photo to Lone Star Outdoors Show at gmail.com. And then at the end of the year, those 12 monthly winners will square off for a chance to join me on a trophy access deer or black buck hunt down at Coons Canyon Ranch in Rock Springs, Texas. So another great grand prize hunt package offered up by Coons Canyon Ranch. Uh, let's take a, actually, let's not take a quick break. Let's do a giveaway. I've got a Stealth Cam DS4K, that's about a $300 trail camera that we're going to give away to today's winner. And to enter, whether you're listening on the radio or via the podcast, all you have to do, email the word proven, that's proven, that's Stealth Cam's motto, to Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com and you are entered to win a DS4K, that's 4K resolution and video, by the way. Um, and all you need to do is just to email proven to Lone Star Outdoors Show at gmail.com. We'll get you entered into the Stealth Cam giveaway for this week. Let's take a break. Up next, my guide and fast friend Sherman Keynes joins us on the Lone Star Outdoors Show. What do you come back to me? Hey y'all, spring is here, and that means a lot of things, but specifically, your lawn is about to become your own worst nightmare. That's why I use JC's Landscaping. They do everything from lawn and landscape maintenance to fertilization and weed control. New premium sod installations. Hey, you need a French drain? I had to have them put in a French drain a couple years ago. They do that too. Landscaping updates, makeovers, stone borders, patios, and much more. Serving the North Dallas and surrounding areas, you can find them at jclandscapingllc.com and tell them Cable sent you. Howdy folks, I'm Lee Hoffbear for Hoffbear's Outdoor Superstore in Gulfway, Texas. I hope you're enjoying the Lone Star Outdoor Show. We've been a title sponsor for a number of years now, and we're proud to be a part of it. I'd also like to thank you for making Hoffbear's once again the number one Polaris dealer in Texas. I broke a promise to myself To ride the throttle till the wheels came on Burn out like a Molotov in the night sky Cable Smith, welcome everybody back to the Lone Star Outdoor Show, powered by Dallas Safari Club, Jason Isbell, Molotov, love that tune, and I'll be honest with you, man, I have struggled with some of the comments that 
some of my favorite artists have put out lately regarding the Second Amendment and gun control and debated whether I would play any person's music who had an anti-Second Amendment sentiment. And Jason's one of the guys who've come out and said, hey, you know, I grew up in Alabama and I've shot guns and grew up in that culture, but I don't see why any citizen needs an AR. And Ryan Bingham's one of the, he's the same, but he, actually Bingham's worse, uh, very anti-Second Amendment. And so I thought, you know, should I stop playing these type of people's music altogether? And then I finally just came to the conclusion that I like their music. And I can't agree with everybody on every single thing. Uh, I know where I stand on the Second Amendment. But, uh, yeah, internal struggle for me. Not going to lie about that. Anyway, uh, thank you guys and gals for being here. We're about to recap an experience that was new to me, and it occurred in Newfoundland, where I recently returned from a moose hunt, my first moose hunt, but certainly something that had been on my bucket list for a long time. And in Newfoundland, you are actually hunting the Canadian moose, which is one of three moose species found in North America. You've got the Canadian, the Shiras, and the Alaskan slash Yukon moose as well. It is, uh, in in terms of size, it's the second largest. The Alaskan Yukon is bigger, both in antlers and uh, body size. So, anyway, um, I met Brad LaDrew at Dallas Safari Club a couple years ago. He is the operations manager of Our Luck Outfitters, and we got to talking about uh, the moose hunting experience in Newfoundland, and I decided that's where I wanted to go. And so, with that being said, we are about to visit with the guide that Brad actually had me hunting with, uh, our friend Sherman Keynes. But before we do that, this segment of the show is brought to you by Dallas Safari Club, the worldwide leader in big game conservation. Um, I hope that you make it a point to go to our website, biggame.org. Check us out, because this is a group of people who are passionate about hunters' rights, education, and, of course, conservation. I'm proud to be a member. Hope you'll join our ranks. Go to biggame.org for more info. All right. Well, uh, I'm not going to lie. Sherman was not the most comfortable having a microphone shoved in his face. I didn't tell him I was even going to do it. Literally, the helicopter was there at the lodge to pick me up. And I said, hey, Sherman. And at this point, he was actually uh, butchering my moose. And we had gotten it all quartered up and brought back to camp. And he was uh, deboning it to hang it. And so I said, Sherman, I need you for just a second. He came in with bloody hands, actually had to give him a paper towel just so he could grab the microphone. Um, I was like, come on, sit down, sit down. We're doing this now. And he's like, uh, what are we doing? I'm like, uh, you're going to go on the air and we're going to talk about our moose hunt. <laughs> so he begrudgingly agreed. And we will pick it up with our discussion with my friend and third generation moose guide, Sherman Keynes. Well, Sherman... It's uh, It's been a hell of a week hunting with you, man. We got it done on day three. We're going to talk about that hunt here in Newfoundland, a moose hunt with you and Arlock Outfitters in just a second. But first of all, I want to talk a little bit about your family history because moose hunting and outfitting is something that's in your blood. You're third generation moose guide. Yeah. And so your father, we're in a new a new cabin, a new camp right now yeah. um, here at Arlock Outfitters. But down the lake 
about five miles is the original camp that was in this area your grandfather built in 69 1969 yeah wow and your father's here in camp with us everett yeah. uh so we got to to share stories around the dinner table with him and he helped butcher our moose as well uh, so definitely a big part of your family history uh, life in newfoundland's not not something i would describe as easy though because you guys have to make your living essentially in, in five months yeah seasonal works pretty well most of us are here yeah so you commercial fish you do lobster uh halibuts codfish crabs am i missing anything else no, i think that's pretty well it. <laughs> so that's uh so that's during the summer and then you got about a five or six week moose season yeah and we're here at the tail end of the rut um last week of the season y'all are closing down camp uh, after I leave, essentially, and the yeah. chopper's here to pick me up, so we got to make this quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so what is your what is your what is your favorite thing about being a moose guide? Well, just getting a moose for you guys. I get more excitement out calling a moose in and seeing one of you guys shoot it, and what I do for shooting it myself. Yeah, but you still hunt for yourself. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah but most I use most I hunt for is for the sake of feeding myself. Yeah, yeah. And you hunt with a shotgun. Yeah, 12 gauge. Wow. So you're a slug gun guy. So what is your maximum range on that? Uh, usually 50 yards. Okay. It's yeah. got to get close. Kind of like archery hunting. Yeah, well, that's why I prefer the shotgun. I like getting close. Mm-hmm. Boy, we got close this week, too, which we'll talk about. But first, a little background. I mean, our hunt started off pretty crappy. I mean, as far as actual moose activity yeah now the company was good and weather first yeah yeah we had great weather the the views were spectacular uh newfoundland is a beautiful place you're kind of a quiet guy though so it took uh it took about a day to for us to get to know each other and if, if i talked to you you were more than happy to yeah to have a conversation and talk about conservation and when the moose were introduced here and how coyotes have basically impacted your caribou herd you guys used to yeah. do a lot of uh woodland caribou hunting here yeah it was nothing to see a big herd and oh yeah you used to be able to see herds of hundreds one time but now you hardly ever see one and there's not e- the area is closed to hunting yeah wow although we did see a track coming yeah. out on the first day which yeah. you were surprised to see yeah well we seen that same track the first week when we were in there with no hunters uh-huh. i see i'd say it was the same one again well it's just one by himself yeah that's sad i think it's uh just habitat loss or coyotes or what i think it's coyotes most and they've been here for years and years and they've had no predators other than the black bears so. uh-huh and the coyotes have only been here for eh, 20 30 years wow so when you were a kid you saw plenty of caribou yeah and no coyotes yeah oh so they're probably whacking those fawns i guess yeah um as far as our hunt day one uh it was it's beautiful the setup is we get in a boat every morning we we drive across um st paul's pond which to me is a lake because it's yeah. a pretty big ass body of water oh yeah but you guys call it a pond yeah and it's five miles from one end to the other so we go we pretty much go all the way to the other end uh in a, in a boat and and then get out and figure out which part of the uh, countryside we're gonna tackle that day yeah um very quickly i realized Rubber boots are a necessity for you guys. Oh, yeah. We wear them 12 months of the year most time. <laughs> oh, it's like every step. The ground is grabbing you and trying to rip the boot off your foot. Yeah. Uh, which I found out what a – your dad had told me about a bog fish. Yeah. 
and I didn't think anything of it until I actually got bit by one and <laughs> almost lost my boot. And that's when you're, you take a step and your whole foot sinks down all the way up to basically your knee. And uh, that made for a pretty cold morning when that right foot was a little wet. Yeah, it wasn't very warm <laughs> that morning either. Yeah. So one thing about the, the style of hunting that I was uh, surprised by was you guys have these towers built, um, yeah. you know, on strategic like lookout points where you can see a long way in every direction. Uh, the rudimentary, they're, you guys take from the land with the trees and, and you build them. It's not like our Texas deer blind. Same concept. Yeah. Ours are a little fancier. You guys work with what you have and uh, they're sturdy as hell. Yeah. One, uh, the first place you took me, you said, this is my honey hole. If we're only going to have one good day of good weather, this is where I'm going to bring my, my hunter Yeah. Uh, first and foremost. And a lot of family history there. You've said you've seen, what, 20 or 30 moose get shot out of there. I'd say around there, yeah. Yeah, and then your dad, as we're butchering my moose, he's like, I've seen 100 get yeah. shot out of this spot. Yeah. Um, so a lot of family tradition right there in that one tower. I look over as we're sitting up there the first day, and there's an old one that was on the ground too. So yeah. there's probably been one there 30 years Yeah, in that same spot. We didn't have any luck, though, first day. No. Didn't see a moose. Second day, we covered a lot of country, did a lot of walking. Um, a lot of glassing, get up high and just glass and you can see forever up here. It's a yeah. beautiful country, uh, but no moose. No. Were you surprised by that? Oh yeah. yeah. I was surprised at least you didn't see one or two passing the opening or something. Yeah. And they're, I mean, they're huge animals. If one's out in the open, even if he's far away, you're going to be able to see him. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. You pick him out with naked eye. <laughs> uh, so we had no luck first day, second day, more of the same. And, and, this is week five of the season. Though it's the last week of the season. Y'all yeah. are closing up this camp for the winter as soon as we leave. Yeah. Uh, and that means the rutting activity was – you knew it was going to be coming to an end. Winding down. Winding down. Plus, we're battling a full moon. Yeah, that doesn't help. So, you know, you're thinking about these things, and you're trying not to get frustrated. I know you're frustrated as, as day three is coming to an end. We still hadn't seen or heard a moose. No. And it's like every time you go to call – I'm like, oh, we've seen this song and dance, you know. And not that you can't call well. Yeah. Uh, it's just like, ah, they're not interested. They're done reading. We're going to have to find one and spot and stock it yeah. is what I'm thinking at this point. Which isn't really, you know, I was fine doing that, but I wanted the experience of getting a just pissed off, rutted out bull, coming in hot to your yeah. call. Wanted to hear him grunting and everything. Um, and so why don't you go ahead and give us a demonstration of your of your call. Yeah, clear your throat. There you go. <laughs> I'm putting them on the spot. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so that's the call. I mean, I heard you do that 150 times probably. And and every time this is just answered by silence. Yeah. Um, but you put a lot more inflection into it when we're in the woods. You're you're moving your body. You've, you're making your hands vibrate to really add some inflection to it. Yeah, and you're casting your voice in a wide, you know, wide berth. Yeah. Um, and a lot of this, I mean, moose is a deer species, just like an elk, just like a whitetail. But I think it's very similar to elk hunting as far as you're talking to them. From what I've seen on TV, is yeah. similar. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I've I've elk hunted a bit and. That's that's why I wanted to have this experience with hunting a moose, you know, a big bull in the rut. Yeah. Uh, but into day three, 
you're like, let's go back to the the first tower, the the family honey hole, and uh, just see what happens. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, we already know what's gonna happen. <laughs> I don't say it, you know, but we're both discouraged. You're you're yeah. feeling pressure because starting to lose faith. Yeah, and uh, you know, I'm feeling discouraged. I feel bad for you because you're hunting hard. Yeah, you feel bad for me because I came all this way. Yeah, and so it's like this mutual frustration that we're not frustrated with each other more frustrated for the other guy um but so we go up there you make that call and you're like hey get that so i had lost my scope cover on the first day right yeah uh and so i used some electrical tape just in case we got rain and taped up the the eyepiece and get that off there get i was like what you're like you didn't hear that i'm like no i didn't hear anything he's like get it get up in the tower so i get the electrical tape off and climb up in the tower and then i start hearing it and yeah. this moose is fired up he responded to your call and and i don't know you know at this point if he's coming in but you seem to know it was going to happen oh yeah yeah so, you could hear him coming pretty good yeah and uh you know w- at one point we hear a tree crash other than that though i was pretty surprised at how quiet he was other than that one tree yeah they can be pretty quiet for a big animal so i i, I get up there with the 300 wind mag and I'm glassing, I got my binos and I don't see anything and I'm glassing, I'm glassing and I don't know how many minutes it was until he popped out, but it seemed like eternity. Yeah, it was probably 15, 20 minutes. So he was coming, moseying in, yeah. but he was coming. Yeah. And he's grunting and making all, you know, none of the grunts really sounded exactly the same. He's doing different things and yeah. just like an elk, does different vocalizations. Um, but then all of a sudden I'm panning. And he's just standing there 110 yards just looking right at me. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I can see he's got palmation on both sides. I don't know what a good bull looks like. I've never seen a moose in my life. But I was like, that looks like a representative trophy of, you know, a, a nice Newfoundland bull. So yeah. I was like, I'm shooting him. Yeah. We just right. need him to get broadside, right? Yeah. <laughs> and he came in on a string, 65 yards. He, he actually gave me a, you know, quartering toward a shot. Um, you told me just break the front shoulder. That was the goal, right? Yeah. Put it right on him and shot him. He started to walk on three legs. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> that first that front shoulder, he was going to go down pretty quickly. Uh, but I went ahead and put one more in him, and he 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 literally walked ten yards and fell over dead. Yeah. And what what went through your mind right then? I was just happy <laughs> we got him. <laughs> it only takes one. That's what we kept saying, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. And you even said a prayer to your, like not out loud, but you told me afterwards you said a prayer to your grandfather. Just yeah. you know, help me, help me get a moose. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. You know, have I'm sure that he had guided many hunters in that same exact spot. Oh yeah, that was one of his favorite spots. So that was that was awesome. As far as this this moose, he was 13 points. Like we said, palmation on both sides. Uh, I don't know what he weighed about what a thousand pounds. Mm, probably around near somewhere. It's a I think probably the biggest animal i've shot yeah yeah uh but that 300 i mean it did some damage 200 grain bullet we pulled out uh when we butchered him today uh pulled out that front shoulder blade and yeah. it was pretty well shattered oh yeah it blown to pieces <laughs> yeah yeah so now we've got all this delicious meat what 300 pounds 350 yeah, pounds yeah. is going to be trucked back to texas yeah between three and 350 i'd say what's your favorite cut 
the tenderloins. Uh huh. And you oh, like yeah. the heart too. On the heart. Which yeah. is, which I think a lot of your customers, a lot of your hunters just let you have it. Yeah. But it's going back to Texas with of, me. A lot of guys don't <laughs> like the heart. Yeah. I think that's uh that's probably the best cut. Yeah, well that's like myself, the best part of our lights. Uh huh. You this is totally off subject, but you told me you also y'all have a seal hunt here. You don't really like the seal meat, a lot of people do, your dad does, but you like the seal heart. Yeah, seal hearts and livers. Uh huh. Yeah. So you have a taste for the for the internal organs. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's good stuff. Trudy, you like the heart? Uh, <laughs> she Trudy's our our. Uh, well, she's what makes what everything happen at camp. She's the one who feeds us. Yes, and, they, <laughs> and yes, keeps us fat and happy, and actually is a, a pile of of uh, tenderloin over here for us to eat as soon as we uh, get off the air here. But Sherman, Newfoundland is a beautiful place. The people are so hospitable i'm sure you guys get that a lot oh yeah 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 newfies oh yeah good people i'd say um y'all went out of your way to to make sure that i was taken care of here at uh, our luck outfitters and i can't tell you man i really enjoyed it i can't tell you enough how much i appreciate how hard you hunted um the knowledge that you shared with me on on we didn't get to see a lot of moose behavior but it was the experience that i wanted I'm glad you got that experience. I told you. I said, I've, I've, you know, I've hunted all over North America. I've gone to Africa, and, um, but that ten minutes. Oh yeah, was, was some of the best you've had. What that ten minutes interacting with that bull was one of the best experiences I've had. Yeah, it was everything that I dreamed. Of, you know, when I watched these bulls coming in on, on TV. Yeah, uh, it was that, and then some. So, I appreciate it. Thanks for for working hard and, and not losing faith. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks to you. I appreciate it, man. I look forward to sharing a camp with you again sometime down the road. Yeah, hopefully we will. All right, there he goes. Sherman Canes, my guide, third-generation moose outfitter from Our Luck Outfitters. And as you could tell, I've certainly dominated that discussion. Uh, Sherman is a man of a few words. I figured that out very quickly during our time together, but whenever I asked a question, he provided a thorough response and after a day or two I mean we were cutting up having a good time talking about our families and other things besides hunting is as is the case when you spend um, you know a full day 16 hours or so out in the woods with someone get to know him a little bit took a little prodding but certainly you know this was out of his comfort zone and I appreciate his willingness to uh, to come on the show that segment by the way was brought to you by the Vortex Optics Razor AMG 6-24 by 50 rifle scope. It's what I had on my 300 Win Mag for this moose hunt. When it comes to a top-of-the-line rifle scope, I cannot recommend the AMG enough. Uh, absolutely phenomenal glass, plus you get the Vortex VIP warranty. What does that mean? It means it's transferable for life. No questions asked. And if you break it, they're going to fix it for free. Check it out. It's the Vortex AMG. You can find it as well as their entire lineup of scopes and binos, uh, red dots, and all other optics right there at vortexoptics.com. We will be right back with Brad LeDrew. He is the operations manager of Arluck Outfitters. And so if you want to know the logistics of what goes into a Newfoundland moose hunt, we'll get into all of that plus much more after the break on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. I just didn't have anything better to do The dog was asleep on the living room Hey y'all, Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here reminding you we're not your typical archery club. 
or a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. Live Oak Outdoors offers some of the best waterfowl hunting in the Central Flyway, hunting over 2,000 acres of cut rice along the coast that attracts wintering geese by the tens of thousands. Hunts take place out of layout blinds or white parkas over a spread of 1,500 decoys. It's also common to shoot pintail and other puddle ducks in the goose spread. Professional guides make sure you have a safe and memorable hunt of a lifetime. They're based out of El Campo, Texas. Check them out at liveoakoutdoors.com or you can book your hunt by calling Chris Slimp at 832-466-9646. Early one morning while making the rounds I took a shot of cocaine and I shot my woman down I went right home and I went to bed I stuck at 1144 beneath my head that's the man in black bringing us back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show, powered by Dallas Safari Club. Cable Smith riding shotgun with you today. Thanks for being here. I do appreciate it immensely. Uh, we are smack dab in the middle of the Newfoundland moose hunt that I recently went on with Arluck Outfitters. Certainly a bucket list hunt for me and one that I think uh, is a lot more affordable than people realize and yes it's still it's still expensive don't get me wrong uh to go to newfoundland and and do a hunt like this uh logistically i mean you're taking a helicopter just to your hunting area so um we're going to get into all of that with brad ledrew he is the operations manager of our luck outfitters and keep in mind that you know as we're discussing this hunt um it's really not that far-fetched for the average guy like myself to be able to afford it it's not like the Alaskan or Yukon moose hunts, which I love to do someday. Uh, but this hunt is, you know, if you save your pennies for a year or two, which is what I did, it's certainly an option for the average guy like myself. And and let me tell you, I mean, hosting an outdoor talk show is as fun of a job as one can have, but it isn't a get-rich-quick scheme. <laughs> I can promise you that. So anyway, we're going to jump into our discussion with Brad LeDrew momentarily. But first, this segment brought to you by a piece of uh, equipment or gear that was paramount for keeping me comfortable on this trip, and that is First Light's Tundra Cold Weather Balaclava. This thing's essentially a face mask that covers your entire head and your face other than just your eyes. You can pull it up and down, and it's got like a fleece liner. It's warm, it's toasty, and if you are in a situation where you're you know, riding on the back of a snowmobile or heading across a lake in freezing temperatures, well, shoot, your face is going to get blasted by cold wind, right? Uh, not with this thing, and it's, it, it also saved me on a trapline trip in British Columbia. And I, I admit, like I don't need it for hunting in Texas. Don't ever use it here. When I head north, it is a you know an essential piece of my kit. Uh, check it out. It is the Tundra Cold Weather Balaclava. You can find it at FirstLight.com. FirstLight, go further, stay longer. All right. Uh, well, with that being said, let's jump into our discussion with. Our Luck Outfitters Operations Manager, Brad LeDrew. Uh, no problem. Thank you. We are actually sitting here at a uh, hotel in Deer Lake, Newfoundland, taping this episode. And uh, I just finished up my hunt with you. But going back to where we actually connected, it was through Dallas Safari Club. 
Yeah, most definitely. Yeah. I guess a couple <laughs> of years ago we met for the first time. Yeah, and I, I've, so I volunteer. DSC is the title sponsor of the show, and I volunteer at the, uh, the annual convention and, and part of the exhibitor welcome committee. And the cool thing about DSC is it's 100% uh, volunteer-based. Uh, I mean, the entire event couldn't go off without the volunteers. I'm a very, very small part of that, like pretty much insignificant. But I do have about eight or ten exhibitors every year that I, I walk around and shake hands with in the morning. And basically we're just trying to ask you guys if you need anything and tell you that how much we appreciate you being there. Um, and so that's what, you know, you were happen to be in my uh, in my little area. And I was like, oh, our luck outfitter is cool. And so we started talking and. Uh, you, I didn't know, I didn't know anything about Newfoundland, man. Not, not a damn thing. <laughs> there's a lot, there's a lot to know sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you had pictures of all these, these moose and, uh, caribou on your display there. And we got to visiting and I, you know, I didn't know anything about the history of, of the moose in Newfoundland, but, uh, ironically, it's not even native to your province. No, actually it was brought in by, uh, I guess the, the government and, uh, they, uh, I think they came from uh, New Brunswick, actually. Uh-huh. And now we have way more moose than New Brunswick. <laughs> and so what year was that? Oh, my God. Uh, they were brought over in early, in like 1906, and then they were brought, or 1919, and then they were tried again in like the 30s. So uh, it seems like between the, those years, that's when... So 100 years ago, yeah, at oh, least. That's right. yeah. yeah, yeah, give or take. Uh-huh. <laughs> Was it a big introduction, or was it just a few like six or eight animals type thing? Oh, wow. and they and they're all uh, from that. I guess we peaked at about one hundred forty six thousand. I guess. Holy <laughs> moly! Yeah, no, we got a lot. Well, there's so much cover and and vegetation here, and it's just the the area is very moosey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> As I would find out for sure. Uh, so, what would you say the population is at today? Oh, it, I guess it's give or take, but it, it's around a hundred thousand. We 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 really did get to a. a I guess a population where it was causing some issues around the roadsides and and definitely in Grossmore National Park where which you hunted right on close to the boundary. Right. And uh, that gave us probably a population of upwards towards nine moose per square kilometer. Oh wow! Which you know I guess you can almost double that for miles, <laughs> and, and which is not healthy for the vegetation. Yeah. And, and the landscape and so and we've seen a big change in certain areas, mm-hmm. but. Um, now I guess uh, after after some uh, a little extra hunting and uh, and they opened up hunting in the park uh, to residents only, which you actually had a tag for. Just uh, actually, yeah, yesterday morning yeah. I got a nice we shot our moose on the same day. This is exactly right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's right. I yeah. maybe around the same time. <laughs> uh-huh. So <laughs> residents can hunt in the park. It's it's weird because there's not a lot of national parks in the U.S. or Canada where people can actually hunt. Only because, um, you know, one of the reasons the park was there in the first place was because of the vegetation and landscape, and the landscape was being changed. Uh-huh. So they they had to do something about about the population. It was it just got the light of hand. Yeah. So they opened it up to to residents, and, yeah, but you have to put in years. for a, a draw. It's a draw. Yes, it's totally a draw, mm-hmm. and um, they they have a certain amount of licenses around the five hundred mark. I'm, I'm sure. And uh, I, I'm not sure if they might just hand it this year, next year, but uh, I think they're getting it down. What they'd like to see is about two per square kilometer, mm-hmm. so which is a healthy population in any any area. What what was happening is that Gross Morn, I guess, is a area with with a lot of uh, bouldery hilltops as well, where and not a lot of vegetation. So what was happening is that in certain areas there was no moose, mm-hmm. and in certain other areas it was 
you know, overpopulated. Well, well overpopulated. Over carrying yeah. capacity, yeah. Yes, almost definitely. Um, one thing that in in visiting with my guide um, Sherman, yep. and 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 talking with you, you guys used to do a lot of caribou hunting. We did. We you know we had um, not a lot. I guess you know we have a few tags here. We and have there. 108 moose tags uh-huh. for six different lodges. You know we spread out a fair yeah. bit. But we and we had nine caribou tags. Okay. But last year was the end of that. We yeah. we have actually area 69 where we hunt. Um, is it, I guess Newfoundland is broken up into different subregions and just numbered, and uh, so the area that we hunt uh, closed down as of last year. Uh-huh. And these are woodland caribou. Woodland caribou, which yeah. are they don't. It's not like the big migrating herds of the mountain caribou or barren brown. They more of small family groups, so uh-huh. 30, 40 type thing rather than several hundred thousand. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, right. And so I, I got. The, the people, you know, the guys around camp, I uh, got their take on what they think happened to the uh, caribou herd. Um, you actually have a background, though, which we've never talked about this, but someone told me you have a background in, like, in the wildlife management area or working with the, the state fishing game. Talk a little bit That's about right. that. Yeah, well, um, when I, I guess I came out of high school, I went and did the uh, fish and wildlife program that the College of North Atlantic offers in Cornerbrook, Newfoundland, which uh-huh. is only half an hour from here. And then we, I did the forestry resource program. I worked with the uh, provincial parks for uh, the better part, I guess, of 10 years. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, no, I, I did get a fair bit of uh, insight in that area and yeah. in that main river, especially that main river area where you guys actually hunted. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, that I did get a fair bit of experience in that area and, and dealing with um, different species, you know, moose, uh, beaver, um, pine marten. There was so much yeah. different species. But going back to the caribou, what do you think happened? Why? Because uh, they, I think Sherman told me at one point he thought there was two hundred thousand. Now there's closer to sixty thousand, just estimates. And uh, yeah, well, like um, when people think about caribou, you know, Newfoundland, Labrador, are all the same. It's not, you know, New- Labrador, the which is the bigger portion of our province. Uh-huh. Newfoundland is the island portion. So Labrador has the uh, the barren ground, uh, George River caribou herd, I guess, was at top, was probably about 810,000 animals. Oh, wow. And now they're looking at about 1% of that. They're looking at about 8,000 animals left in that herd. Hmm. So, which is a different, uh, I guess, portion of the province. Now, in Newfoundland, we topped out, we thought, uh, around 96,000. Okay. And uh, now we're at about the 30,000 mark. Mm-hmm. We would like to see it maybe around fifty thousand. So ninety was too much. Oh, too much. It mm-hmm. was it, you. You seen um, smaller um, stags, weaker animals, um, a lot of animals that that died in the winter time and, and just got you know uh, with bears and that kind of thing. Up to that point, we did not have any predators other than bears. Mm-hmm. Uh, along came the coyote. Yeah, here's the to, here's the linchpin yes, to this. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, I guess it's no different than anything the coyote is so hard to get rid of in in cities little known can't get rid of an it area, an area which you're not gonna you, you can't you know, people you have can't. tried to poison it you, at, can, you know and you for centuries and it ain't happening and with newfoundland being as hard um of a country in regards of rugged and timber cover mm-hmm. you're not going you can't it's impossible yeah, right? yeah. so here was an animal at the top of its uh, in abundance but they're weak um and then here came here comes this animal that is a number one predator yeah. that they've never seen before. Right. So they had 
smorgasbord yeah. of caribou meat for multiple <laughs> years. Oh, God. Yeah. And, but, but there was also, there was also, you know, there was, I guess, some hunting pressure, but not, there's all, hunting pressure of caribou has always been um, minimal in right. Newfoundland. Um, you look at, uh, there was a lot of disease at that time. They, they eat themselves at a house and home pretty much, mm-hmm. right? So then they move on. That's why they're migrating, you know. Yeah. So there was food, there was habitat, there was you know disruption, there was disease. But here comes along the, right. the coyote. Right. And so the coyote cleans up on these caribou yeah. from a financial impact as an outfitter. What was a, car- a oh. caribou tag going for? Supply and demand. You know, moose tag. It, no doubt. No doubt. By now we would be at thirteen thousand five hundred range. I think by the nine, yeah, you know, in Canadian dollars we probably. You're looking at about one hundred eighty-five thousand dollars of loss, sales right. loss, yeah. right? Revenue, but I would, you know, as a person that you know believes in uh, conservation, yeah, is not worth taking the last animal. Of course, no. But it's pretty hard. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It, yeah. You know, it's so interesting looking at it from the outfitter's perspective on yeah. all these things because. I did a, a trap line trip with um, Babine uh, Guides Outfitters out of British Columbia. Okay, yeah. Another uh, DSC relationship. They're yep. an exhibitor as well. That's right. They're also moose outfitters. Oh, okay. Wow. And 15 years ago, uh, and it's these brothers, Jack and Lloyd Hooper, 15 years ago they said, where are all our freaking moose? Yeah, that's right. Well, the damn wolves were wolves. out of control. And so they're, they've got... I don't know how many moose tags they did. Let's mm-hmm. just say 50. Sure. And they're having a hard time filling, putting their hunters on moose. And right. so they started trapping them. Mm-hmm. And then they were like, you know what? This is pretty cool. Actually, I think it was one of their moose hunters was in camp during the winter, mm-hmm. past moose season. And he was like, wow, you guys are really doing some amazing work on these wolves. Y'all should sell this experience. Yeah. So now they stay up three years booked out on their trap line trips. And yeah. you can you know get a wolf, get links, a wolf. wolverine, yeah, right. all yeah. that cool stuff. Uh, but yeah. their, their moose numbers rebounded in their guide area. And so they usually take fifteen to twenty wolves a season. Yeah, that's a whole pack. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I mean, uh, no, and yeah. we're and we're actually trying to work up to that as well because we we're starting to offer this um, non-resident snowmobile trip, uh-huh. which you know is a great trip and it's it's good fun. But we want to actually market also maybe a winter coyote hunt uh-huh. as as well, right? So we we try to do it all in one trip. That'll kind of clean up on some some of the coyotes um, in our areas. But it, it, they're they're so hard. It's so hard to get rid of them. Oh yeah, they're they're they are not going away. No doubt about no. that. I've got them on my uh, seven hundred acre deer lease, yeah. and I've got them on my twenty five acre archery only yeah. deer lease, which is not good not on twenty five acres. <laughs> yeah. Acres. Um, let's do this, Brad. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and uh, we'll actually talk a little bit about the logistics and the hunting operation itself. Perfect. Excellent. And that segment was brought to you by Pulsar Night Vision and Thermal Imaging Technology. Check this out. It's the Axion Monocular. It's what I've got in my pack. Um, I'm not actually using it to harvest animals. I'm using it this season, uh, bow hunting, to make sure animals don't bust me. That's right. I'm not blowing out deer. I'm, I'm not walking into my setup not knowing what's there. No, I'm scanning. And if they're there, I'm going to let them do their thing, feed out, move out of my area, and then I'll climb into my stand, right? Um, there's nothing worse than being snort wheezed at and you know every deer within a three or four hundred yard radius knows what you're up to or at least knows that you're there check it out it's the axion you can find it at pulsarnv.com we'll be right back with more from newfoundland with our luck outfitters on the lone star outdoor show 
Thunderstorms and Tyler Roses Always make me think of you Hi, I'm Luke Anderson, the owner of Colt Construction. I'm also a proud outdoorsman and proud to support the Lone Star Outdoor Show. With roots dating back generations of hard work in the outdoors, I take pride in serving the citizens of the Lone Star State. There are tons of so-called roofing contractors in North Texas, but having a qualified, experienced, trustworthy one to deal with is few and far between. We want to be your one-stop shop to leave it better than we found it and have a relationship that goes past just improving your home or business. We run on three main principles. Quality, because quality comes with a price. We want to do it right the first time and use the best materials. Integrity, because you want to know the true condition of your home or business. And I'm going to be honest and tell you exactly what I think. Grit, because I've swung the hammer, bottom to top, I've done the labor. I know how the system works. We specialize in many different systems, including metal, clay tile, flat roofing, and good old shingles. You can find us at coltbuilds.com, our Facebook page, or our phone number is 817-789-7588. Colt Construction, dirty hands, clean money, your blue-collar guy to call. Hey, y'all, it's Jeff Foxworthy, and thanks for listening to my buddy Cable Smith on the Lone Star Outdoors. Here I go, back in life. Down that road And I know it's life for me Will beat on my soul But I still have my pride In nothing That's an oldie but a goodie there From the Eli Young Band Bringing us back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show Powered by Dallas Safari Club I'm Cable Smith Thanks for being here today Thanks to our presenting sponsors as well Lone Star Beer And Hoff Power Polaris uh, we are talking Newfoundland moose hunting with our luck outfitters. I just returned from a, I would call it epic, an epic moose hunt in the, what kind of, I, I wouldn't say it's a forest, but there is forest, but it's a boggy, mountainous area, unlike any place that I've ever been. And uh, truly beautiful and unique unto itself. And we'll pick it back up with our luck's Brad LeDrew here momentarily, but first, this segment brought to you by All Seasons Feeders and Blinds. You know, while I was there hunting moose, I was shocked at the very primitive but also very practical blinds that they had in place throughout the hunting area. And these things were crude and rudimentary, constructed of local trees that they'd chopped down, uh, put a little platform there, and then used um, some kind of, like, Tyvek type stuff to uh, to basically make it as wind resistant as possible. It didn't really work because it was pretty windy still, but at least it got you up and you had a great vantage point. Well, coming back home to Texas, I was looking forward to climbing into my big chingone. Uh, that's the latest and greatest from all seasons. You can put the whole family in there. It's got cup holders. It's got uh, carpet. It's got windows for both archery and rifle applications, and you can find it right there at allseasonsfeeders.com. Well, let's get back into the conversation with our luck outfitters, Brad LeDrew. We'll do that right here. Well, Brad, we're, we're sitting here at the uh, in the conference room of the Deer Lake Motel. Yes, Deer Lake yeah. Motel. So, and this is uh, kind of where the, the you know you guys bring all of your international hunters into and they, they you know stay here a night. Logistically... I think my flight was only like seven hundred bucks from from Dallas to Deer Lake, Canada. So, for you know, price standpoint, very affordable. Brad, I think people have a misconception. However, when you say you're going to go on a moose hunt, they think Alaskan or Yukon dollars. 
yeah. that's like a twenty thousand dollar moose, you know. Well, twenty twenty five thousand dollar U.S. moose. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, you know. My kids still need to go to college, right? So, <laughs> well, Daddy's not going on any Alaskan moose hunt anytime soon. Well, no. At the same time, uh, we don't want to get um, we don't want to get it mixed up where we're we're offering the same product because we don't, right, you know, right. Newfoundland moose. You're not and, shooting and, a sixty inch moose. Not, you know, you know, we can we've had up, you know, we get multiple in the forty five to fifty range. Right. And what we do have here is a great population mm-hmm. and shot opportunities of you know between 90 and 100 percent mm-hmm. uh, at a bull moose um especially you know if you're willing to put in the time and put in the effort and and the weather is the big thing here in newfoundland you know it's pretty rugged and uh, you know we get some gnarly weather sometimes oh yeah, yeah. as you've seen oh yeah <laughs> right but um you know what we want to offer here is a moose hunt and a wilderness experience that will bring people and keep people when they come and they keep them coming back. So what we want to offer is top-notch facilities, uh, top-notch customer service. We want to offer um, great, op- good opportunity at, an, at a nice representative Newfoundland bull. Um, we don't want to make promises that you're, because nothing is 100%. Sure. But we always say we have a better chance of uh, getting moose than uh, most marriages surviving past five years. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's what we, uh, and you know, that's a pretty good slogan, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's true. <laughs> that, oh, yeah. There's no doubt to today's age, uh, for sure. Yeah. So anyway, you fly into Deer Lake, Newfoundland, and then you guys pick the hunters up at, you know, whatever ungodly hour they arrive at. I think it was like, <laughs> what was it 2 a.m. Yeah, at the airport? 2 a.m., yeah. So, and, yeah. And I thought that was a pretty rare deal because I was supposed to get in it like, uh, Eight o'clock that eight, night, eight, and my flight was, yeah. uh, you know, Air Canada was overbooked yeah. or whatever. So, uh, yeah. I I messaged you and you're like, no, no big deal. Two a.m. is fine. Yeah. He's like, actually, that's when most of our hunters. <laughs> yeah, come that's in. right. That's our hunters. Yeah. Yep. So I think there was like seven other guys that were there. Was yeah. Yeah, we had we normally pick guys up. So what we see, we could easily just say, you know, get a cab. What from the motel where we um, kind of base ourselves out of to um, the airport is what maybe five minutes drive right maybe. but what if something comes doesn't show up what if something you know you you're you've already taken probably 10 hours of your day and you're tired and mm-hmm. it's nice to have a face at least or a name that you recognize so what we try to do is we'll meet you there and if anything doesn't come in we know the people at the uh, airport we take care of it we'll get you to the motel at least you can go to sleep get a chance to relax for a few hours and then we'll we'll worry about it in the morning type mm-hmm. thing um we that's that's the little things that we actually want to have in our control is all those so if that means that i got to leave for five or six, six seven weeks a year and pick people up at two o'clock in the morning or get a couple of my really really good um guys that work with us um we got to call them partners not employees because they're they're really they take our um our business very seriously and our customers very seriously so, you know, somebody's going to be there, pick you up, regardless if it's 3 o'clock in the morning or 9 o'clock at night or, you know, 1 o'clock in the morning. doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. We'll pick you up. We'll get you to the, you know, the motel or wherever you're going to stay, and then we'll go from there. 2 a.m., and it was easy to pick out the guys who were there to pick us up because they had on our look hats and they had big smiles on their faces yeah, at 2 a.m. That's, right. that's so, right. Yeah. But I found but, that to be a common theme, uh, my experience here in Newfoundland, from your operation from top to bottom. I mean, you lead by example, yep. uh, and then just I, there was an old lady in in a wheelchair at the airport at two a.m. She was there to pick up her grandkid or something, 
and I'm walking by, walking out of the uh, airport, and she sees, you know, I've got first light camo on, and I've got a, a rifle case. It's like, good luck getting your move, son. <laughs> I was like, so, you know, that was yeah. kind of like eye-opening. It's like, yeah. you know, these these people, uh, good people, reminds me a lot about, like, the Southern hospitality you Most experienced definitely. at Dallas Safari Club. Right. And this is why I, you know, when the first time, you know, we met, it was probably three, two or three years ago, uh-huh. I remember you coming around the, the table there and just asking. It's nice, actually, to be at a, at a show like that. And you're, you're, you know, you're in a totally different country. You're in a totally different atmosphere um and you know you get somebody coming to you like eight o'clock nine o'clock in the morning saying you know how was your day was everything going you know how are you guys doing you know do you need anything do you want tea coffee so even if that's all you you, you said before that your job your your i guess part was a small part of it but actually that's some of the stuff that we take very very seriously here that that's what we take to heart actually you know anybody can pay money and go to a show and, and put together you know a decent um I guess show of just customers and clients. Yeah. But it's the, uh, I guess the friendliness and also the almost like a family environment when you leave is that you know what I I gotta go back because you know I I feel good there. And, right. You know, you talk to people and they're not just talking to you just a bit of moose. You're talking to you. They want to know about you personally and your and your outfit and nothing else. Even if you're not interested in booking a hunt, they want to talk to you about your hunt. So it's it's, it's great. It's a great show. Yeah. Well, obviously, we, we're looking forward to having you back this year. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, now, as far as, okay, you've picked me up. I've got my, mm-hmm. my night's sleep at the uh, the motel, yeah. and then it's time to go the next day. Go and that means helicopter time, helicopter which is time. so cool. Uh, but going back to the weather, yes. you know, we had to... We had to wait uh, for a window there, a yeah, couple two, hours, two, and three hours. Yeah, for sure. just yeah. yeah. yeah that's what we were that's for. part of the, uh, the the beauty of Newfoundland is it rains a lot. Yeah, it, it, well, this <laughs> it didn't rain year, on during the hunt though. Surprisingly, no, but now you know fog. Rain is not as bad as fog. Sometimes you know when you get this drastic change in the fall of the year in Newfoundland from warm and you know the twenty. 30 degrees Celsius weather, and then within two weeks, you're down to the four, five, six degrees in the morning. Uh-huh. Um, there was ice when I was on the boat sure. ride. We were right. uh, cutting up the moose this morning. Yes. And on the boat ride out, uh, there was ice starting to form on the right. lake. So yeah. it's only going to be like only another week, and you're not going to be able to get in there. Uh-huh. So it's such a drastic change where the, where the air temperature and land and water temperature changes so fast is that we get this land, this fog, right? And then you have the oceans there that pushes the fog in from the ocean. So that's what gets us down for a while. You know, we can handle wind and we can handle most everything else, but it's the fog that when you can't see where you're flying. Right. So this is what happened on the day that you got you flew in. But of course, compared to float plane, um, our you know the helicopters and the helicopter pilots here in Newfoundland are used to using bad weather routes. So you know we got you guys in. Uh, you know, a couple hours after we were supposed to, but at least well, it that's didn't better. matter. We won't. Well, you don't hunt on Sunday anyway. No, that's right. You, yeah, that's right. So it was pretty it's much travel day. That's a travel day. Relax, so, get to the lodge, that's and right. I think I had a like within thirty minutes had this heaping portion of homemade lasagna. Yeah, that's right. Put in front of my <laughs> face, and yeah, <laughs> the so food was what, awesome. Yeah, that's right. Well, we want we want to have we want to have good food, but at the same time, your hunt itself, we don't want to baby anybody when it comes to their hunt. We want to make sure that your hunt is an old-fashioned hunt. You're mm-hmm. gonna walk, and you're gonna you're gonna work hard, and you're gonna sweat, and you're gonna fall down in the bog. You're gonna see bogfish. I I found them. You yeah. found bogfish. <laughs> so uh, you know you're you're gonna get stuck, and you're gonna get sweaty, and you're gonna get cold sometimes. But at the same time, when you finish that kind of a hunt, it's a little more 
rewarding in my mind. Oh, there's no doubt. There, there's no doubt about that. And I like that, you know, uh, physical aspect of the hunt and the challenge and uh, covering miles and then, you know, covering landscape with the spotting scope. All that stuff is very appealing to me. And, and it's like why, one of the reasons why I wanted to come and experience Newfoundland. Um, it is, uh, and, I, and I told uh, Sherman this, is you don't really, you hear about the bog, yeah. but you don't really know until you start no, walking around sir. it and it's, it's trying to suck your boot off your foot every yeah. every step you make. So what is the uh, equation? Like if you say I, I did one mile in New Mexico, that's a lot easier than one mile <laughs> in Newfoundland, I yeah, found out. That's right, yeah. So maybe it's like it, it, two miles or well, three, you, I don't know. You're thinking, man, it's, 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 like, you're th- it's like you're walking on sand uh-huh. uphill. Yeah. So <laughs> so you're, it's like you're, you're just, for every step that you're used to taking, you're, you're Working using harder. twice twice yeah. the effort, right? Yeah. And then you, then you need to lift your feet. You can't just scuff them. Right? No. You, know, you got to lift your feet because there's rocks and... and, and mounds of grass and just it's be kind of so wet that you're gonna you're gonna fall on your face sometimes i also found out uh what argos are for i've seen them on argos, tv yep, yep. uh and, and seen them at trade shows but yep. this is my first time actually uh, to get in one and yep dude those things are awesome well they can they can cover <laughs> our, our uh our, our polarises would not fare well here no and <laughs> we we try to use our argos mostly for retrieving animals and uh, if we need to get out to a further area other than that, we, we'd like to be able to do most of our hunting just by on foot. But yeah. the Argos, when, especially when it comes time to retrieving, yep. uh, they, that's they what we in, use it they for. Come yeah. In, yeah, they come in really handy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say this, though, for anyone out there who's thinking about wearing like cotton socks or any other kind of sock, basically on any kind of hunt, yes. don't do it. Wear wool because <laughs> my feet were soaked. Yeah. So the, the right foot. The bogfish got it first on the yeah, way in, right. like early in the morning. It's yep. cold, you know. I'm like, oh, it's cold, man. Ah, so we we, uh, we got up in one of those towers. Yeah, uh, which was another interesting thing that kind of reminded me of home. You know, Texas deer hunting. Yeah, yeah, out right, yeah. of a deer blind, but yeah, uh, these are a lot more crude, obviously. Yes. Uh, you use what the land provides, and um, we cut a few sticks. And, yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, climbed up in there, took I stripped down to my undies and and uh, wrapped my jacket around my foot. <laughs> and oh, let God. the let the uh the wool try to dry it didn't yeah but the point is is that my foot i you know, put a wet sock back on and you know your feet are still warm even though your clothes are wet it seems it's amazing right oh yeah no no once <laughs> no even and we you know for years um i guess fishing um you know um in the ocean i guess uh cod fishing it was was the main staple here in newfoundland for the most part uh that and forestry so all the older people, they would always have wool mitts, right? And mm-hmm. even with wool mitts, you just take them, you wring them out, get all the water out of them, put them back on, and for a second it's cold, and then it just warms up. So yeah. that's that's wool, man, compared to cotton, right? Of course, yeah, cotton not, would not be not, no. Not and all the uh, all the guides also wear wool gloves. Yes, yeah. Oh, you know, I'm looking at my fancy first light gloves, yeah, and I love right. them. They kept me warm. Yeah, that's right. But yeah. they wear probably five dollar wool gloves. Wool gloves, man. and uh, yeah. that's pretty much the standard. And most of it is probably gloves that wasn't you know knitted by you know somebody's family member right? mm-hmm. and that's you know that's new, new flan in regards of our uh, heritage is pretty pretty simple yeah. you know we're pretty simple people and uh, but we're not fancy we just want to be warm <laughs> well and when it's winter seven months out of the year yes that's you right you, get, you, you need to be uh, it's a it's a i wouldn't i don't know if blue collar is the right term but maybe it is it's a hard-working community life here is not easy i would say it's uh no no and mostly because the weather and the temperature and, and, and our climate and you know that whole i guess everything is based around six to seven months of winter mm-hmm. and then a foggy spring 
and a short summer and in a cold fall. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. it's yeah. all we're all pretty hardy, I guess. A lot of these and guys commercial fish too. Yeah, uh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, they Running commercial fish and then they'll lobster, halibut, all yeah. that kind of good stuff. And that's not an easy life. I mean, no. it pays well. The fishing. I mean, and it's I know short lived, do I? Right. Short lived. Right. right. Um, the cod fishery, though. It seems like that was something that was huge, was and then huge. got what overfished, you know, overfished. But it just got like a lot of things, uh, no different than I guess a small farmer that's that's using a, you know, its own small harvester and plows, and you know, all of a sudden the combine harvester comes by, and then a guy that buys them out, he got twenty eight acres, and this other guy got two hundred and something acres. Yeah, you know, he just it just the way it went. So the way of the small boat fisherman just kind of died. For the most part, and um, the bigger trawlers took over, long liners, and you know a lot of that's in international waters too, which doesn't make sense. Guys like Everett uh, Sherman's father, he's a commercial fisherman, has a twenty-six foot boat, but can't be a part of the catch outside of nine nautical miles. That makes no sense. No, twenty-six and, foot, no. But yet there's Portuguese and, and Japanese ships. Right off your coast yeah. that are hammering your fishery, and that just seems weird to me. Well, that's no different. It's just international trade laws. That's, that's a lot of things, man. I guess it's bigger things at play. There but you know, the cod fishery it, it, had to be impacted like, by that. Oh, huge, huge, yeah. huge. Yeah, yeah. So you know, it just got harder and harder to get fish in the close where the small boats were fishing. Right. Mm -hmm. So people just got out of it and went in something else, and a few people. Um, there's still a lot of fishermen in Newfoundland that stayed, but you know, compared to, it's, it's not even close, right? Right, right. Yeah. Um, well, as far as the actual, the hunting itself, I, like I said, we flew in on the, uh, the chopper and, yeah, Sunday, yeah. and, uh, Sunday had a nice, uh, oh, actually got to watch the Dallas Cowboys lose again. Did you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, just as far as the amenities go, yep. let's talk about that. Yep. Um, these cabins is what i you know yep. lodge or whatever lodge, you want to call yep. them are, are relatively new yes yep that's yeah. all most of our, well um they've all been redone besides one mm -hmm. uh within the last five years two of which have been rebuilt i mean totally built built in the past five years and we want to have our lodging to have pretty much all the amenities of home right um but we also try to offer a um spike or an out camp away from the lodge which is not as you know uh, fancy as you would sure, say. Sure, sure. You know, um, I would still refer to the lodge as very rustic. I mean, it's oh, a, yeah. it's a log cabin. It's a like, log cabin. It's, yeah, that's it's right. awesome. That's right. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it's right there on the lake. Right and you, the lake. you have that's to right. boat to and that's from right. it, which that yeah. whole part of the experience it's is an experience. That we're awesome. To sell. Yeah. yeah, some yeah. of the best uh, things that I will take home are the sunrises yeah, and sunsets. Yeah. I'm on the boat and I'm on this beautiful lake and there's mountains to each side Cows of me. On both sides, yeah. yeah. And sometimes there's a little fog, sometimes there's yeah, not. Yeah, but just right. the, the sunsets, I mean, I couldn't take enough pictures, honestly. No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's beautiful. It's, it's, very, it's very nice. It's very calming because in Newfoundland you get a lot of wind and normally early in the morning and late in the evening it's, it's after all day of wind and then, all, then it just calms. And I guess it just gets a different feeling about it, especially when you get the mountains in the background. And yeah. we and we don't even, we don't even see it anymore. You know, that's it's just a part no different if you were lived in the Rockies. Yeah. You know, it's just not something we even notice anymore. Yeah. But every now and then you 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 do get that moment. You like you just breathe. You breathe a little easier, and it's nice. It's really nice. Yeah. But so you you experience that, and then you still get to come home and take a nice hot shower. That's right. 
get yeah, a nice uh, meal. Oh yeah, the food was great. Great. Yeah. Uh, I will say, you guys don't use as much spice as us Southerners are used we, to. No, we do not. We actually is a, a lot guy. Of, my friend Matt, uh, he even told me he's like he he just had an unsuccessful hunt with another outfitter. I think sure, he's yeah. going to book with you guys. Okay, that's, uh, good. that's good. But that's uh, he told me bring your own salt and pepper because these newfies don't they don't like to season their food. No, well I tell you, we it's an, I guess it's the old English, Irish, Scottish. Um, <laughs> Um, background that uh-huh. we all have, I guess, here. But, um, you know, we, you know, a little bit of salt and pepper, and m- my generation use it way more. Like, we are, we're into way more spice. You're close like to my age. You're mid 30s. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm 38. Yeah, I'm 35. Yeah. Um, so we, you know, our generation are into it a little more, but my father's, my grandfather's generation was no. It pretty much was just salt and pepper, and very little pepper. Uh-huh. So <laughs> <laughs> just salt, you know, yeah. Pretty much just salt, and uh, it was different. T- it's different kind of food, right? But uh, same time, we want to make sure that you know it's, it's hearty food. It's, it's hearty food. Yeah. It is very. Hearty it's food. cold here. Yeah, it's cold, and you you want uh, calories. Yeah. <laughs> one uh, so one night we had this huge bowl of uh, of of soup or a stew. It was, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, had turkey and beef and. Yeah. Um, all kinds of vegetables. Yeah. And I said to Trudy, do you have any, uh, like salt, salt, hot sauce? Yeah. She goes, you Americans in your hot yeah. sauce. And she handed me a thing yeah. of Tabasco, we which always, was yeah, we locked to, away in the cupboard. You we know? try to keep a <laughs> bottle of Fra- uh, Frank's red hot sauce and Tabasco, in, yeah. and Tabasco in each one of our lodges because we know, you know, and uh, you know, almost everybody that comes from, and we have a lot of Americans come up and we love to see everybody come from anywhere. Uh-huh. But we know that, you know, you're going to get people to ask for some hot sauce. Yeah. No doubt. Other than Americans, you got, you guys get some French hunters. We yeah well it, um, we ch- we we do have like um, uh, there I was guess, one on the on the bus on the van ride fr- with me from the airport from the airport yeah. going in, going in there's also coming out actually we yeah. had, so we had the, we have some uh, from France um, Denmark it's probably not France might not be any farther than Texas to be <laughs> no well, well maybe not <laughs> you know uh, we had we always uh, last couple of years we've had a, a great couple a uh, great family actually from Denmark. Mm. So uh, yeah, we we have people from all over, but you know, eighty percent for sure of what business we we have is uh, is U.S. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, that's right. And uh, also Wi-Fi. So if people yeah. want to get away from it, yeah, they can. But right. you know, I was like, well, every evening I'm going to make sure. you know be able to make post contact, right? some of my yeah. uh, experience, which is great. Um, so you know, and also being able to check in with the. Uh, because I do have the Garmin inReach, and right. so you know, for like New Mexico or Montana right. elk hunting, I can text the wife and let her know I'm that's alive. Right. Yes, right. Uh, but here you could actually call, FaceTime with the yeah, kids, FaceTime, and do right, all yeah. that stuff. Yeah. So we have uh, out of six lodges, we have five of which have um, Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, actually a like a landline telephone at the lodge. So you're in the middle of nowhere. I'm sure these things are not easy to. Uh, no, sir. To put it to install, and no, it's not, <laughs> and not cheap. You know, we yeah. have is based on a satellite system, right? So um, we have a great guy um, technician that uh, does all that for us. You know what? This is why you know <clears throat> we're a little higher priced hunt here in Newfoundland. But, and we talked about it before, like you're not you're not paying twenty five thousand. Yeah. Like, uh, last well, we month. we never did talk we, about yes, the dollar right, amount. That's right. So a hunt with us, let's just say for next year, because this year is over with twenty twenty moose hunt. Um, you're looking at $8,200 U.S. Uh-huh. Now, that includes your taxes, your tags, your license, airport pickup, drop-off, helicopter to and from lodge. That's food. not cheap. No, no. 
No. <laughs> and it gets more expensive every year, right? Right. Um, you know, so all those, and we'll bring you to the butcher, bring you back from the butcher, you know, it, we'll take care of all those little things. We want it as all one um, package. We don't want to be adding in trophy fees. We don't want to be adding all in. those hidden fees. Yeah. No, no. We we we. Oh, you shot a forty-five like, inch. That's an extra. Yeah, that's an extra. Five grand. That's an extra, you know. Yeah. Oh, you want a one-on-one guide. Oh, yeah. well, I. You know, you what you paid was for a two-on-one guide. So now it's extra, extra thousand bucks. Right. Your taxes here in Newfoundland is fifteen percent. Add that on. Your license is so much. Yeah. So we said, you know what? Let's just put it all together in a package. But like that way, when you call and you find it, what you're paying for, once you pay that, that's it. You just come and. The only th- other other thing I guess would be like gratuities, of course, for the guides. It's mm-hmm. always appreciated in the cook. Of course, and, and uh, you know everything else is taken care of. Yeah, yeah, and and the the cook does other stuff, you know, like uh, laundry for you. Oh yeah, you know? like, most times when the bogfish gets you, yes. you need your stuff washed. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, no. When you, when you come back and you're and you're full of uh, mud and water and and you're wet and cold and that yeah. kind of thing, you don't have to be putting that back in your bag. Normally, very few guests leave here. With dirty clothing, they you know they I'm not they, no that's right that's right and which is great you know you're gonna get home and your and yourself or your wife or anybody uh, doesn't have to do your clothing now yeah it's done yeah well let's do this let's take a quick break I want to talk about recommended calibers and then also the the butchering right. how does a dude from Texas get his meat back to Texas that's right uh, that's that's, right. that's Big you question. Know, yeah absolutely so yeah we'll we'll uh, take a quick break come right back and tackle that sound good perfect sir. And that segment, by the way, brought to you by Rustic Reminders Taxidermy. They've got two shops, one in Marion, Texas, one in San Antonio. If you don't know where Marion is, it's just outside of New Braunfels. Uh, so conveniently located there in the uh, Texas Hill Country. Plus the newer shop in San Antonio. have got a processor attached to that building. So it's a one-stop shop. And besides that, Josh and Becky... Man, I can't say enough nice things about the type of people they are and the amazing work that they do. So, for your next trophy mount, do what I do. Go to gr8mounts.com. That's where you can find my friends over at Rustic Reminders. That's gr8mounts.com. We'll be right back with more from our good friend Brad LeDrew of Our Luck Outfitters right here on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. In the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best-built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of Dallas and Louisville, Fort Worth, Cedar Hill, Longview, and now McKinney. Visit BobcatofDallas.com or call 469-586-0000. I'm Craig Boddington. I'd like to invite you to become a member of Dallas Safari Club, one of the world's leading hunting and conservation organizations. As a member, you'll receive Game Trails magazine, a monthly newsletter, and invitations to our monthly meetings and special activities. Join Dallas Safari Club, an international organization based in Dallas, supporting hunting and conservation worldwide. For more information, call 800-9-GO-HUNT or visit our website at www.biggame.org. 
Are you tired of waking up at 2 a.m. to fight public land skybusters? Cable here for Three Crow Outfitters and their new North Texas Duck Club, which consists of over 3,000 acres and 40 water bodies throughout Ellis and Navarro counties. Three Crow does the planting, provides metal blinds, decoys, and posts a weekly scouting report. All you and your buddies do is reserve the property you want and show up to hunt. This opportunity is limited to 10 four-person memberships, so for the waterfowling experience of your lifetime, go to 3curl.com or call 214-641-8097 today. Let herself go on a singles cruise to Vegas once, then to Honolulu. Let herself go to New York City. A week at the spa came back knocked out pretty. He said he didn't love her no more. Cable Smith, welcome everybody back to the Lone Star Outdoor Show. George Strait there for you today. Classic Let Herself Go. Um, it's great to be here talking outdoors with you. Specifically, if you're like me and you like to travel and experience hunting other species in faraway places, then uh, hopefully you're enjoying our Newfoundland moose hunting discussion today. Our good friend Brad LeDrew. The operations manager for that outfit is here with us. Actually, we taped this at the uh, Deer Lake Motel in Newfoundland the day after our hunt wrapped up. And so we're going to pick it back up with Brad momentarily. But before we do so, this segment is proudly brought to you by Lone Star Beer. You know what? When I downed that moose, when the 300 Win Mag actually got to eat, what did we celebrate with? You know what it was? It was a nice cold Lone Star beer. How did that end up in Newfoundland? Well, I don't know. Uh, but they tend to follow me around wherever I go. So, if you tag that big buck this season, or maybe you catch a uh, 10-pound bass, whatever the case, remember, a trophy is in the eye of the beholder. But there's no better way to celebrate than with an ice-cold Lone Star beer. Lone Star beer, the national beer of Texas. Well, uh, let's go ahead and pick it back up with Brad. We've got a lot to get into concerning uh, ideal calibers for moose and a whole lot more. Well, Brad, certainly enjoying the conversation. It's uh, This has been a hunt that I will not forget. And I told, told Sherman, after we got off the boat on Wednesday after I shot my moose, I said that 10 minutes from where we heard the moose right. to where I shot it. Yeah. And I've, I've hunted... I've, been fortunate enough to hunt a lot of places that's right, that's right. and i said that was one of the most fun experiences i've ever had hunting yeah we you know i did the same thing yesterday morning actually. <laughs> you know and, and we do this we do this every year and you know moose hunting has, has become no different than you know it's just a yearly thing everybody newfoundlanders they are saying you know got to get my moose mm-hmm. right so everybody everybody has a conversation everybody asks you know did you get a moose license this year and you know it's, it's a thing that everybody asks grandfather son wife daughter doesn't matter mm-hmm. so uh you know when you get but it's a big animal it's a big Huge. animal yeah right you're you're talking on an animal that is between 800 and a thousand pounds you know the real big ones are like up to 1200 sure so when you get that animal coming to you by and normally you call as a as a cow call mm-hmm. and then if that's not getting him sometimes if he has a cow then you'll start with a bull grunt and then yeah. Give us an example of, a, of what they sound like. Oh no! I'm oh come on! No, come on! Dep- depending, depending, like you know, if you're the Whoa. cow, the cow Something is more like of a like I think Sherman already uh, gave. Yeah, me he some, did. But, but the uh, the bull grunt is more of a. Oh, oh, oh. 
Yeah. And it's, Ooh, it's very, yeah, it's like, like I thought I heard something, but maybe not. If you're not yeah, used to that. Exactly. Because like, Sherman would, and, and it's not like an elk guys, bugle where he's screaming. No, he's screaming. Yeah. It's just, it's just this low. Ooh. Yeah. And, and you're saying, okay, but when he's doing that, he's coming, you know, he, he's, he's interested in what you got to offer. So then, you know, even yesterday morning when I, I, um, we, we got mine is, you know, it was only like 60 yards mm-hmm. and we could hear this ooh, coming from the woods and we like, he, he's coming to us. And like he walked, he literally walked right out, just coming right at us. 50 yards. I, I shot. <laughs> and, but, and I was shaking. Oh, and I you was, can't help it. You can't oh. help it. Is that size of an animal with that, you know, with, with, a, with the rack, the size, of, but they're pretty docile animals. It's not like they're going to, you know, but I guess they have, they have. Been you say that, to, but the, my, my bull had both of his ears were torn up from oh, fighting each other. Yeah. He had like a little, uh, <laughs> Puss pocket on his face where he'd yep. taken a you yep. know a tie into the jaw or whatever. Yes, and they are they are brutal mm-hmm. uh, to each other. Yeah, right. But in regards of you know a different if you're right you're hunting a grizzly or something. Sure. Funny, you know? But uh, when you get that size of an animal that close coming and still walking toward you, it is it is a great. But and like you say, most of the time because it's so so covered, it's ten minutes and it's all over. Yeah. And it's like and you hardly get a chance until after. And to think about what what it was, right? But every time I'm telling you, regardless, you're shaking. That was the experience that I that I came here seeking, though, was yeah, to right. uh, to get into a conversation. Not me, because I'm not going, but to no, experience right. yeah. the guide talking to the moose. Yeah, the bull getting all pissed off. Yeah, that's right. And then just fired up enough to. Yeah. And you know, and we were on the tail end of the rut on yeah, this oh, week. Yeah, you and the full moon was yep. was against full us, moon, and so. That's right. You know, Weather. we had to find the right bull, and he was just like, uh, yep. "Hey, yeah, I gotta go see." I'm if. still good because, yep. you know, there's there are some cows that at the end of the rut have not gone into estrus oh, yet, hundred percent. And so the bulls are still like, you know, any what is a guy gonna do? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> no, and and uh, and we, I rut I rut three sixty five twenty four seven. What can I say? I'm not gonna blame him. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You only got you only got a couple. But weeks. Mrs. Smith might be annoyed by that, but that's the truth. So. Uh, yeah, that's right. No, yeah. they, you know, and what we'll find is that a lot of the, a lot of the bigger bulls, they'll find cows earlier in, in the season, mm-hmm. which should be, you know, going end season would only be like two or three weeks. Right? And so are they like an elk in the fact that they will like herd up like uh, six or eight cows or do they just do their business yeah, with the no, cow and then see you later? Four, four to six type thing. Uh-huh. And we've seen upwards to nine and 10 cows. Okay. But like, you know, mostly you'll see two, you know, two, four. Mm-hmm. And uh, depending on the size of the animal, of course. And then there's, you know, a lot of these smaller bulls will hang around. They'll mm-hmm. hang around. They'll get pushed out. But as soon as that bigger bull is finished, he doesn't hang around. You know, he just, he'll move on then. And then he'll look for some more, you know, he'll look for, wait wait a week or so and get after he gets, I guess, recovered in regards to fighting and, and uh, doing his business. Then uh, he'll, he'll actually look again. And that's probably what you were getting into then is probably a bull that I've already had fun mm-hmm. but looking for some more yeah right also my wild oats again yes that's right oh yeah, as <laughs> yeah. much as much as they'll let me yeah yeah so uh so that's what that's what we experienced there and yeah, that's uh, great. And, and and like i said uh you said 90 percent to 100 percent shot opportunity yeah that was the i mean that was the first bull that i saw yes. and that hunting was hard and yeah. which i like that you know yes it well, isn't always like we, that if no. you came third no. week of the rut you're probably gonna the first you know first week first week of the season can be depending on the weather a little bit um harder to get these moose to move in areas especially wooded areas mm-hmm. um because they're not they're not yet in the rut they're they're kind of you know they haven't been 
there's no hunting pressure. There's you know they're just lazy. Right. So uh, and they're also just coming out out of where they're getting rid of their velvet, which mm. means that they're very irritated during that time. And then once they and they'll kind of rake their antlers against the trees and that kind of thing to, to tear this velvet off. But that happens a lot also in nighttime. Mm-hmm. So uh, then they'll they'll sleep during the daytime and, and lay just be lazy. So if the weather at that point is frosty, then you'll get you'll get animals to be moving around. If not, then sometimes they're lazy. So the first week of the season is a little bit slower sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, then the second week comes in, and we call it a pre-rut week. The pre-rut week is an area where you know they're starting to cool down. These animals are moving. They don't know, they don't even know why yet. But right. they're, they're moving. <laughs> you know, and some of the bigger bulls they know why. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like uh, maybe when I was sixteen. Yeah, sure. You don't know what you're doing, <laughs> right. but you knew you're supposed to be doing yeah. something. So and then so that's that. Okay, we'll call that. They'll call it the sixteens. Right. Yeah, that's uh, around the teenage age. <laughs> and then the third week kicks in. And this is a this is a only a five week. Now we have a longer season here in Newfoundland, but because of the weather and because of snow in that area where we where we hunt and uh, the rut we base our hunt around five weeks and uh you know second second week is a pre-rut week and then the third week com- comes in which your this is when your um your rut is full on mm-hmm. so i think you guys had uh monk was telling me 16 you had 17 hunters 17 hunters in, yeah. and 16 of them yeah. tagged out that's correct and yeah. one of them just passed because he was just that's looking right. for yeah, a monster it happens it happens a lot you know and some people you know some people don't get an opportunity we we had this this year and every other year mm-hmm. you will have some people not get an opportunity for that person or what they were looking for but we have we we do enough things um that's hunting i mean that that they always either not always come back but we get most of our hunters regardless of successful or not to come back and at least try again yeah and then you know they'll um hopefully get a, get a nice one what they're looking for and um you know but weather is is you know we can't we can't stress that enough here and you know being prepared for the weather you know waterproof clothing and and, and boots you know and that's that's the main thing because you, your your ability to hunt also is is a big contributing factor to mm-hmm. this right and it's not easy to walk in here, you know. Yeah. So you got to be you got to be able to. Now you can accommodate older guys. I mean, I know we you have guys in their sixties and seventies, and they oh, yeah. if they can't walk, then they sit in a tower, and that's what I shot my moose we out of great, was one of those towers. So, that's right. Yeah. We had a great gentleman here this year, ninety years old, and ninety ninety. Holy! And holy. I got a radio call from um, the camp and wanted to know if this guy can um, purchase a second license. And I was like, What happened to the first one? Well, he got one on the first morning. He got a seven-point bull on the first morning. He's 90 years old. And the third morning, he got a nine-point bull. <laughs> so here he, he was 90 years old and came for his moose hunt. He always wanted to do a moose hunt, and he got two moose. Wow, that's so awesome. So at 90 years old, we were a very great gentleman. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Well, so, you know. and going back to the weather, I mean, so I uh, talked to my son. He's six years old. Yes. He loves to follow along, see, you know, right. ask me how the hunt's going. Yeah, that's right. I told him, well, you know, Henry, I didn't see a moose on the first day or the second day. I think yeah. it, I said, I think it had a lot to do with the full moon. And he's like, well, why didn't you check the weather and, yeah. and look at the <laughs> yeah, full moon right. before you booked the hunt? And I was like, yeah, well, son, right. we did, decided to do this over a year ago, you know? <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> like, uh, yeah. it was a little, it was yeah. too late after that point. Yeah. Um, even even with all that, with six six full days of hunting, you know, you'll the chances of not getting a, a chance at an animal uh-huh. is way lower than, than the opposite. Right? Absolutely. The yeah. So yeah. Yeah, it's just a matter of putting in your time, man. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, pre-rut and post-rut, uh, or as the rut yes. is winding down, yes. 
the saying just needs to be all it takes is one it just takes one and that's, that's right. you know exactly what and i lived this got, week yeah. uh, and and it only took three days so it's not like yeah, we right. even had to yeah, go to six right. days that's it was right. the that's third right. afternoon of a six-day hunt yeah. um as far as calibers right. recommended yeah i know a lot of the newfies that's what yeah. you guys are called yeah, i don't yeah, do you call it call yourselves that or is that what everyone else calls you we i listen man we, we've been we've been called a lot Called a lot worse than that. Yes, uh, yes. well, we always say we've been called worse by better, but <laughs> but no, uh, yeah, we newfies is is, is fine. It's, yeah, you know, it's not being news in a derogatory term, you know. And there's more newfie jokes out there, I guess. And and you know what, we don't take ourselves that we take ourselves very seriously, but we like to joke around. We're oh, I figured bonds, that out right? very quickly. Yes, yeah. that's right. So in regards to taking life too seriously, and if somebody said that word, and be, I'd be like, no, that's that's great, man. We uh-huh. call, call me, but you know, Newfoundlanders, you know, whatever. Um, we uh, so we like the thirties. We like you know thirty odd six, uh-huh. three oh eight. That's what we like, right? Sure. And, and because it's a very versatile gun as well, you can get a lot of different. Everett told me he hunts with a two seventy. Like yeah. that's his favorite. Some people like two seventy, man. Like my go to Texas uh, whitetail that's rifle, right. which two. I didn't think would be enough gun for well, a thousand pound animal, which is why I went with a three hundred. Well, two seventy, you know, and the thing about two seventy is a nice animal. It's a nice um, gun for caribou and moose type mm-hmm. thing, right? But two seventy with one sixty five to one eighty grain bullet, that's that's fine. You know, don't yeah. go too light with the bullet. You know, sure. It's a thick skinned animal, so yeah. you really need to watch that. You know, not a, not a plains animal, right? It's a very thick skinned animal so you need something to pack a bit of punch uh 270 is a lot there's a lot of people use 270 shot placement mm, mm. Huge, huge so if you had a 270 would you still try to break the front shoulder or would you be shooting for the vitals i'd be going in i'd be going either in through the neck and and you know d- depending on where uh where he, what which way he was facing but i like i like those vitals mm-hmm. but uh with the 300 I was just trying to, uh, Sherman told me, I asked him, yeah. I said, do you want me to shoot him in the shoulder yeah. or do you want me to shoot him in the vitals? I'm happy to do either. Yeah. He goes, no, 200 grain bullet, which yeah. I was shooting oh, the yeah. uh, Hornady Precision Hunter. Oh, yeah. Great, oh, yeah. great round. Great, great round. And uh, he said, just shoot him in the shoulder. Yeah. So at 65 yards, and it wouldn't matter. Oh, yeah. It was 65 or 300. I just no. shot him in the shoulder. Yeah. I, and it broke that shoulder. Yeah. Um, on the opposite shoulder, there was bruising. The right. bullet didn't come up. Uh, complete pass through yep, that's right. but uh yeah it did it, it was devastating yeah and I, was, I mean 300 was i was pleased oh especially that, that size of a bullet too right we use 180s i use uh we, we have tika t3s which uh, people can rent a gun if they don't can, want to bring their have, own we have we have eight or ten guns actually uh-huh. have, actually we have a couple of blousers as well but uh third all 30 out sixes and 180 grain burns vortex you know it, it does the job it takes them down it got a it packs a bit of punch so with a moose um, you know, it, it, you need something that's going to pack a bit of punch that, that can take them down. Because they can go, if they're going, like, it's no different than elk, right? Yeah. You don't hit them right. They can go a long way before they, you know, so. You know what, uh, funny story that Ralph told me? What's that? We were talking about <laughs> shot placement you. and stuff. And, and yeah. so Ralph's one of the other guides that was in camp. Right, I right. was the only, Character. here's the interesting thing is I was the only hunter in camp. You were this the only week. hunter yeah. in camp. Uh, but there were three guides, three in there. guides so yeah. they did other stuff like yeah. you know wrapping up it's a big project getting camp ready uh, yes. winterizing it winterizing it yeah so they were working on that but around the dinner table we were you know having a good time and he told me he had a ex-military sniper in yeah and the guy told him before he said ralph i don't miss you tell me where to shoot him i'm gonna shoot him there that's right yeah and ralph said yeah shoot him in the vitals and he shot and he, Ralph was looking at it through his binos and said, you missed. And he goes, Ralph, I told you, I don't miss. He said, shoot him again. So he shot him three times. He shot him. And the moose just kept walking along. 
walking along. And Ralph was like, you missed him and the first two times. He said, all right, finally hit him on the third shot. When they got up there, he said the damn moose just ate all three bullets. And he, the guy was right. He didn't miss. And he no. was shooting him basically in the vitals, and the thing yeah. just just ate him and just kept walking. Yeah, depends, man, depending on uh, on where. Tough animals. Oh, very tough animals, man. Mm-hmm. Very tough. And at the same time, I like that. I like that uh, low neck, right in the crease of the neck, where you you know, though, especially like kind of front on or somewhat to the side. What about yeah? What about a front on shot? Is I like I like if you you look at a moose, and he normally stands with his head half like half down. Mm-hmm. If you look where the his nose ends, right there where his nose ends, that same distance at the neck. That's right where his heart and his and his lungs are going to start. Mm-hmm. I fired yesterday morning, and in just in the front the front shoulder, in through one side of the lung, across the heart. Blew the top of the heart, and across the other side long, double long heart, and he did. He went maybe ten feet. Yeah, and he went down, and and that was you know that's just used to. But that was at that was also a fifty yard shot. Right, so. right. Mine was sixty five <laughs> yards, yeah, and he so he made it ten yards. Yeah. We're talking, and which which actually in Newfoundland, because of the timber and because of the cover. Most of our shots actually are between fifty and one hundred fifty yards. That's that's exactly uh, what right. Sherman told me. Yeah. He said we just so don't really need, we to, don't shoot need to shoot farther far. than that, especially if they're rutting and, and they're coming they're in. Coming, let them come. Yeah, let them and come which in. made me think, well, shoot, next time I come, I might just bring a bow. <laughs> well, you know, we have a lot. The only thing about we we have a lot of bow hunters come every year. The only thing bow hunters really need to remember when coming to Newfoundland is that we have a lot of wind. Yeah. So you should always bring a rifle as well as because we we have that option where you can carry both, right? Yeah. So we I, I'd love to see bow hunters come. Um, and some bow hunters just would rather bow hunt, and if they don't get a bow, they're happy with that, and that's fine mm-hmm. because but success rate is not the not kill rate on a bow compared to rifle can't be the same. Sure. Sure. You know, with any animal. I'm not that. Uh, I like bow hunting, but yeah. I'll save that for my archery only right. place in right. Galway right. County. No, that's right. Or archery elk hunting. I mean, I love it all, but, but I, uh, if know. I come all this way yes. for me personally, just right. I yeah. want to go back with meat, which is the next point I want right. to talk about. That's right. How does a guy from North Texas? Yeah. I don't know how many thousands of miles I am away from Texas, but it's a lot. A lot. So how do I get that back? And we're on a freaking island here. We're on an island. Yeah, is that going to be flown back to me, and is it going to cost me uh, my right arm? Like, what are the maybe logistics you're, maybe of you're that? Left. I'm not sure. <laughs> no, I, actually, we have a really good like um, we have a great butcher that we deal with uh, here in um, Western Newfoundland. That was a pleasant experience going to the butcher, yep. and uh, you know, it, made, it felt like home. Like I worked yep. very closely with the processor right. in North Texas, Cinnamon right. Creek, yep. and I felt that same um, experience. Going to the processor here. Yeah, no, we so the uh, processor here in the west coast of Newfoundland. Uh, there's a couple of different ones, I guess, but the one that most of the outfitters use is Countryside Abattoir. 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 Mean, what is that? That's a French word for slaughterhouse. Ah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just nice on slaughterhouse. Sounds nice. It sounds Abattoir. nice. It sounds very yeah. It's yeah. very professional. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, so it's it's an air, it's a butcher shop that is used to this wild eight weeks of the, of the year when moose uh, you know it's, it's caribou too caribou so. moose moose caribou uh, black other bear, areas, caribou, you know yeah. uh, so it's used to that busy busy season so we can actually and we work with a um, work closely with a shipper uh, frozen food shipping company uh, central newfoundland shippers so what, ha- what will happen is that we will um, the butcher will butcher the animal um, package in vacuum seal 
and it will and they will box it. Which is mandatory to ship. Yes, because international. International, yeah. you need you need to have a vacuum seal. Uh-huh. It needs to be it needs to be leak proof, right? Just right. in case you know if something happened where yeah. you, you know. So then it'll be reefer truck, right? So what will happen? That we'll we'll butcher to your specifications, of course. We do, everybody has a meat sheet. They'll do. So you know everything. And you're walking through it with the client, which is what you did with me. Yes, hey, do you mean, want the yeah, uh, what is it? Honey garlic uh, yes, sausage. Honey garlic sausage. Oh, so we have, good. we have. You know what we do is you know steaks. So you know most of the back straps and tenderloins you make you turn sure, steaks. Of course. Then you go to okay. You want so many roasts. You have so many um, pounds of burger meat and moose burger meat is fantastic. Very lean, great meat. And then you'll go into, do you want any sausages? And the sausages, they're not smoked sausages. They're mm-hmm. like more of a bratwurst type thing. Sure. I love it. But uh, but we have five different flavors. You know, honey garlic, Tex-Mix. There's hot Italian, wild game, Oktoberfest. So that's I'm a little, you told me the Tex-Mix is good. I know a thing or two about Tex-Mix. I would think so. so I'm, gonna, I'll, I'm, gonna, I'm I'll looking forward it. to trying that and seeing what, if you guys put enough spice in it or not. Uh, probably not for you guys. Probably not for you guys. <laughs> Um, but when when I talk to you in Dallas, we'll find out. Absolutely. Um, but you know, so that and that's you know, we want to have so it, it all gets uh, butchered, it all gets packaged, it gets boxed with your name, and a um, so then there's export permit mm-hmm. in your um, license. When I gave you your license, yeah. there's an export permit there. With that export permit, uh, gives you permission to export into the into the United States with meat. So that goes with your meat, and the shipping company will will come to the butcher. It, they will pick it up. They will uh, bring it to a ref- refrigerated, um, I guess, cold storage, mm-hmm. and then they will keep that there until they get a full enough for a full truckload. And then they will truck it then to ten different um, ten destinations in the states. Mm-hmm. So actually, for one you, of which happened to be Dallas. <laughs> happened to be Dallas. So that's thirty minutes from me. That works out that perfectly. Works. So what you'll do, you know, it may be. From now, it'll be probably the middle of December, uh-huh. and you get a call and say, "Cable, your meat is ready to be picked up." Merry okay. Christmas to me. Merry Christmas <laughs> to you. You got four hundred pounds of moose meat and my rack and your they, rack. Then they actually they are the ones that bring the yep, rack. They too. ship your rack as well. Yeah, awesome. <coughs> so you pay, of course. You, there's there's a, there's a premium pay on that, but at the same yeah. time, it works out to be about you know about one hundred and twenty dollars per box, and that will. But that's you know that's you don't you leave. Not so five or six hundred dollars, yes. maybe of Canadian, yeah, shipping. You know, um, minimal for four hundred pounds of meat. You that's know, right. it's, uh, yes, yeah, no, that's right. And and then you and it's, and prepackaged, right? It's mm-hmm. real, real nice. Into frozen. the freezer it goes. Pull it out. Into the fro- Into the freezer it goes. Yeah, yeah. And with vacuum sealed moose meat, you're good for you know three to four years. Absolutely, even worrying about it. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, well, yeah, Brad, it's uh, this is an experience that I I can't recommend enough. Good. I, it only existed in pictures to right, me, right? And to come here and experience the uh, the beautiful province, mm-hmm. the 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 terrain, the views, yep. and and the people. That's, right. That's what made for me the the people is what made this uh, so much more um, uh, rewarding. Right. And I like the culture. I like uh, I like y'all's accents. You <laughs> might think we have a funny accent in no, Texas. No, yeah, we know we do. We yeah, know yours we isn't do. as thick as some of the I'm other guys. I'm trying not to. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I'm I had to be like. Uh, good job. Sherman, you're gonna have to repeat that for me. I, he, we yeah. mumble a lot too, eh? Yeah. You know, we you know we try to. We talk. We ha- we use slang in Texas. And, sure. You know, yeah. so yeah. it's uh it's nothing that uh, isn't isn't normal. But yeah, uh, truly a an experience that I can't recommend recommend enough. Uh, from the time that I was picked up to I'm sure tomorrow when y'all take me to the airport, right. uh, be the the same smiling faces and 
Uh, Which is what four o'clock in the morning? No, no, no. I'm on oh. the 150 flight. Oh, in the afternoon. Yeah. okay, perfect. Yeah. yeah, so that's good. Well, hey, uh, if you want to give us uh, social media stuff, folks can follow along. Yes, sir. Yep. Okay, that's well. It's our lookout. Actually, wait, wait. One other thing. Yes. Uh, I want you to plug the fishing because we haven't even, we haven't even talked about that. But right. Real quick, if you want to plug that. Well, um, you know, and I haven't done this, so I don't. You know, I can't speak to it. But no, that's right. Yeah. So we haven't actually. We have a great Atlantic salmon uh, dry fly. Uh, fishing season mm-hmm. it's a short season you're looking at the end of june until the first of august pretty much july month mm-hmm. but you know in regards of atlantic salmon top water atlantic salmon fishing world class um i don't know if anybody ever heard of lee wolf but in in the in the u.s lee wolf uh, back in the 50s and 60s was a big name in regards of a you know world famous uh fisherman mm-hmm. a fly fisher and actually him and his wife joan wolf uh, actually have a um fly fishing school in in the u.s so he actually came here in the 50s and 60s and where our lodge is at the main lodge or main river lodge is exactly where he had a um winter's tilt um what we call tilt which is only like a, a eight by eight four foot side you know small log cabin he made for himself mm-hmm. <clears throat> but it was one of his favorite spots in newfoundland to fish and uh, for for grills, which are three to seven pound Atlantic salmon, you know, world class, world class fishing, mm-hmm. and very very easy to fish. It's not a, it's not a large river, and you know it's it's somewhere where we only take four to five guests a week, and you pretty much have pools yourself. So wow. it's, whereas and these fish are running into the uh, they're, they're, they're running, running up, from the salt water yeah. from the ocean to uh, spawn. inland to spawn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Di- different than the the western. Salmon, where they kind of go there and die. Uh-huh. Ours will re- re- return to to the oh, um, okay. ocean and over over winter, and they 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 make they may come come back to the uh, river, you know, five, six, seven, eight times in their, in a lifetime. Huh. Yeah. Very cool. So, if folks wanted to uh, look that up, they can find more information at what's yep. the website. And so it's www.arlockoutfitters.com. It's A R L U K. O U T F I T T E R S dot uh-huh. com. Okay, and you've got uh, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff yep, too. Facebook, Instagram is all under our Lock Outfitters. Perfect. You'll find us there, and um, and I guess uh, we'll be following along with you as well. And if anyone's coming to DSC, that's a great place DSC, to actually can't wait to for, meet Brad and and talk more in depth about uh, yep. you know if this is the the adventure for you, which Second I, week I of January. Yeah, I th- highly recommend that they do there's yep, that's uh good like i said one that i won't soon forget i look forward to the next time brad yes for sure for sure. perfect all right there he goes brad ledrew of our luck outfitters hell of a guy and uh, truly an amazing outfit as well in a place that is just it's like nothing i've ever seen absolutely stunning beautiful two thumbs up newfoundland and newfoundlanders uh that segment of the show was proudly brought to you by Lone Star Ag Credit. You know, I don't know about Newfoundland, if you can uh, buy land there, but you sure as hell are having a hard time finding it in other places, right? Because land is the one thing they're not making any more of, but we all want it. So if you're ready, if you're at that point in your season of life and you're ready to take that plunge, whether you want land for recreating, hunting, fishing, running cattle, or just to get the hell out of the big city, well, Lone Star Ag Credit has been helping its borrowers finance their own piece of paradise for over 100 years. They'll do the same for you, and you can find them at LoneStarAgCredit.com. Unfortunately, just looking at the clock, we've got to go. Got to get out of here. 
Thanks to Brad, as well as my guide, Sherman, uh, and all of the good folks over at Arluck for making the experience one to remember. Uh, thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of this Moose edition of the Lone Star Outdoor Show. First time for everything, right? Until next time, I'm Cable Smith saying, y'all wear that safety harness and have a great week in the outdoors. Don't mean I won't win the war. And you-